Good morning, all, and Happy New Year. Back in September, at the start of our program year here at St. Paul's, we began a year-long exploration of the sacraments. And we, we titled this theme for the year, With You Always, Seven Signs of God's Grace. Now, this title, With You Always, is taken from the very last verse in the Gospel according to Matthew, in which Jesus says to his disciples, And remember, I am with you always, to the end of the age. I am with you always. This is Jesus' promise to us, to be with us, no matter what. Now, the sacraments are signs of this abiding love and presence of Jesus. Now, today, our attention is drawn to one sacrament in particular, baptism, the first sacrament. Baptism comes first in the history of Christianity, and it has come first in the lives of Christians ever since. It's the sacrament of initiation into the body of Christ, that is, into the church. Our attention is drawn to baptism today because today is the feast of the baptism of our Lord. And accordingly, because at this service we will be welcoming two new members into the body of Christ. But backing up a moment to the baptism of Jesus, it might seem strange to us, even if it is a familiar fact uh, of Jesus' life, that he was baptized. And this strangeness uh, would be because baptism is so often associated with the cleansing or washing away of sin. Indeed, John the Baptist, who baptized Jesus, uh, proclaimed a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And yet, the New Testament and, and virtually all of Christian theology is consistent in its claim that, that Jesus did not sin, not even a little, not even once. No sinning for Jesus. Uh, in, in John's Gospel, Jesus is called the spotless Passover lamb who takes away the sin of the world. St. Paul said that Jesus knew no sin. In the letter to the Hebrews, it is written that Jesus was tested in every respect as we are, yet without sin, and so on. And so if you're at a loss as to why Jesus, the sinless one, would be baptized, you're in good company. Today's Gospel from Matthew tells us that, that John the Baptist was also startled by Jesus' desire to be baptized. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. Do you come to me? Now Jesus offers a bit of a response to John's objection, but in typical fashion, typical Jesus fashion, that is, his response lends itself just as easily to confusion uh, as to clarity. Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. It is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Well, that's clear as mud, right? <laughs> what does that mean? Um, Righteousness is a favorite term in Matthew's Gospel. It means something like right conduct or correct observance. 
in accordance with God's will, very often in accordance with God's law as revealed in the Hebrew scriptures. So how might we understand this in connection with Jesus's baptism? Well, there was an idea among early Christians going back to the second century that in Jesus, the whole of human experience was gathered up, summed up, that the whole human journey was retraced and relived in the life of Jesus, that it was redeemed and healed and brought to its fulfillment. That is to say that in Jesus, the whole human journey, which had gone somewhat off the rails, has been restarted and perfected. That is to say that Jesus shows us the way. That he not only retraces our steps, but he also gives us a new path to follow. Scripture says that Jesus is the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. And this new path, this way of Jesus, has its beginning in the waters of baptism. Baptism for the washing away of sins, yes, but, but for so much more than that. John baptized people for repentance and the forgiveness of sin. But he said that, that Jesus, when he came along, he would bring about a new kind of baptism, a baptism with the Holy Spirit. And indeed, when Jesus had been baptized just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The Holy Spirit descending like a dove and alighting on Jesus. The voice of God saying, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This comes at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, before he had accomplished anything, before he became known as a teacher, a preacher, a healer, before he was revered as a holy man and a messiah, before anybody really had any idea who he was. Before any of that, Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit and knew himself as loved by God. He knew that God was with him always. This was Jesus' starting point, and it can be ours as well. In contrast to the too often soul-crushing competitiveness of our culture, in which we are constantly measured assessed, graded, judged, and compared with others, in which we seem to be endlessly vying for position, earning approval, proving our worth, in which, in which we never seem to be good enough, at least not for very long. In contrast to all of that, Jesus shows us a much different, and I would say a much better way. In baptism, we are declared to be the beloved of God and temples of the Holy Spirit. And we don't need to earn or deserve it. And indeed, we cannot. It is a pure gift.
Lowell and Senna, you are the beloved of God, with whom God is well pleased. And you didn't need to do anything to earn it. Jesus shows us a life that is rooted in this gift of divine love. And indeed, in baptism, we are called to a very definite kind of life. We are baptized not just for the forgiveness of sins, but in order to live like Jesus. And in a very real way, to live as Jesus. Because after all, the church is the body of Christ. And this is why we have a baptismal covenant. In baptism, we promise to live a certain kind of way, as as a certain kind of people. Membership in the body of Christ, therefore, is not like membership at the skating club or the Rotary Club or Phi Beta Kappa, with all due respect to those fine organizations. Membership in the body of Christ is not a side dish to the main course of our lives. It's not a pin we can wear or a card we can keep on file. Rather, when we are baptized, God stakes a claim to the entirety of our lives. And this might sound demanding or restricting, but it turns out that when we surrender ourselves to God, we, we paradoxically find the greatest freedom imaginable. To live the baptismal covenant is simply what it looks like to live as the beloved of God. Now, in a few minutes, we will renew our own baptismal covenant along with those who are entering into it for the very first time. Pay attention to the words, to what we promise to do, to who we promise to be. It might sound like a tall order. It might sound demanding or even impossible. And that is why our response to each of the promises in this covenant is, I will, with God's help. We can't and don't need to do it alone. And we never are alone. Just as the Spirit descended on Jesus in baptism, when we are baptized, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit and marked as Christ's own forever. He is with us always.